the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. And I want to talk this weekend and Lord willing next weekend about the topic of what happens when you give thanks. That's the idea. What happens when you give thanks. Now, as a part of this series, we've been talking about the two major dimensions of your life, your mind and your mouth. Your mind and your mouth really do control every aspect of your life. It's sort of, as we've talked about in the past, the rudder, the guidelines, the track for your life. It starts with how you think, your mind. In Proverbs 4, 23, the scripture says, be careful, notice that, be careful what you think, that's what's inside your mind, because your thoughts run your life. Your thoughts are like the software that are directing how your life will operate. And then also your mouth is so important, your mind and your mouth go together. Proverbs 13, verse 13, or verse 3, I should say, says, guard your words and you'll guard your life. But if you don't control your tongue, it will ruin everything. How true that is. So many things in life are ruined by the lack of controlling our words, not saying the right thing or saying the wrong thing at the wrong time or gossip and all kinds of things that we speak to one another and harshness and things that come out of our mouth that set the course of our life. Negativity, unbelief, all these things affect us adversely. That's why David prayed this prayer in Psalm 19, verse 14, a prayer that we would do well to pray every day. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. David says, God, would you help me with the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart so they would be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And part of what we're looking at together is the role of thanksgiving, the role of praise and worship and how we think and how we speak. And the first thing that I want to talk about this weekend, so vital to us, is that gratitude is something that actually enlarges you. It enlarges your life. God created you in such a way that you are actually at your best when you're grateful. When you and I live in an attitude of gratitude and we create an atmosphere of gratitude around us, here's what I want you to see. That actually attracts blessings into your life. It's the spiritual law of reciprocity. The spiritual law of reciprocity is fairly simple. It's sowing the right seed results in reaping the right harvest. And when you sow seeds of gratitude, you're going to result in a, it's going to result in a, in a flow of good things back into your life. And giving thanks is a part of the principle of giving or sowing. So we talk about thanksgiving or giving thanks. And so you can't separate the idea of thanksgiving from giving. It's a part of what you're called to give. And when you give, there's an enlargement that happens in your life. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Listen to what he said about giving. Give, 
and it will be given to you. Now, what kind of giving is he talking about? Is he talking about only financially? No, he's certainly talking about that. But he's talking about any time that you and I step up and give the right kind of seed. We sow the right kind of seed. We give the right kind of thing. We're sowing seed with our life. Give, and that can include thanksgiving. Give, and it will be given to you. There's an open flow of blessing back into your life. And then he says this, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And so Jesus emphasizes this idea of giving. It includes thanksgiving as well. Now, the world operates on the opposite principle. The world thinks it's more blessed to receive than it is to give. Jesus says, no, 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 no. It's actually more blessed to give than it is to receive. There's an upside down, if you will, concept in the kingdom that what the world says is one way. Jesus says, no, it's not not really that way. The, The kingdom of God operates in the giving resulting in the blessing, not the receiving resulting in the blessing. So giving thanks is something that enlarges your life. It makes your life bigger. The psalmist understood this In a very significant way, I'm going to take you to Psalm chapter 50, verse 23, and I want you to notice what he said about this this idea of thanksgiving enlarging your life. Those who sacrifice thank offerings, let's stop there for a moment, those, the people who make the choice to sacrifice, that's continually offer, sacrifice thank offerings, honor me, so obviously they honor God, and And to the blameless, I will show my salvation. So he says there's this connection of thanksgiving with promise. What is the promise? He says, those who offer thanksgiving, I will show my salvation. He's saying that gratitude actually opens the way for God's salvation in your life. Let me say that again. Gratitude opens the way for God's salvation in your life. Again, it enlarges your life. Now, what does he mean by this? Is he talking about somehow that... If you're grateful that that earns you eternal life, absolutely not. We don't, we don't earn eternal life by anything, including giving thanks. He's not talking about eternal salvation here. He's talking about the salvation, the kind of salvation that we need every day from God. I need to be eternally saved. That is, when I die, I want to go to heaven and know that I'm saved from my sins and have eternal life. But I need to be saved every day, saved from myself, saved from all kinds of things that come my way. I need God's salvation more than just eternally. I need his salvation daily in my life. You read the Psalms. You see the psalmist talking about this prayer for salvation and deliverance on a, day, on a daily basis in his life. Many people, unfortunately, live a very small-minded life. They live a limited kind of life because they spend their life in grumbling and complaining. And so it shrinks them instead of enlarging, enlarging them. And Thanksgiving will enlarge your life. Number two, the second thing is that gratitude opens up access in your life. Access is a wonderful blessing. It really is. When you have access to the right people and the right places and the right resources, you're in a better position to be effective and fruitful in life. And the greatest access you and I can ever have is access to God, obviously. Because when you have access to God, to his presence, to his power, to his resources, you have access to anything and everything that you will ever need or want. There's not a single thing that you will ever need in your life. There's not a single thing that you could ever want that is in the right kind of wants and desires in your life that God cannot supply for you. And so the Bible teaches us that thanksgiving, gratitude gives us access to God. Now, how do we gain access to God? 
In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so the way we have access to God is by putting our faith in Jesus. Romans 5, 1 and 2 says, now that we have God's approval by faith, we have peace with God because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done. Through Christ, we can approach God, that's access, and stand in his favor. So we brag because of our confidence that we will receive glory from God. And so access... Listen closely. I'll lay out a very important principle for you here. Access to God is first and foremost found by your relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't access God without having a relationship with Jesus. He is your way to God. And there are a lot of Christians who have access to God through their relationship with Jesus, but they're not, they're not utilizing that access. Something can be available, but not made accessible to you by your choices. And so I'm talking today about how you actually on a day-to-day basis enjoy access with God. How do you experience his resources, his presence, his power in your life? And the Bible teaches us that the way you practically, one of the ways you practically access God's presence and power in your life through your relationship with Jesus is by becoming a person of gratitude and a person of thanks. Are you getting this today? So vital, so important. So thanksgiving opens access. Listen to this verse. So powerful. It lays it out for us. Psalm 100, verse number four. Enter his gates, how with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And so the way that you and I practically every day that when I will, as I have a relationship with Jesus, when I begin my day by, by throwing my arms up and saying, God, I worship you and I thank you for the blessings in my life. And I praise you for all that you are. I magnify your glory and your honor and all that you've done for me. And I begin to recount the good things of God in my life. It is drawing me into the very presence of God. And I'm able to access his resources. I love the way the message paraphrase gives us Psalm 100 verse four, enter with the password. Thank you. If you're going to have access to an account, you have to have a password. Have access with God. Enter with the password. Thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Thank him. Worship him. So enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Gratitude and thanksgiving and expressing appreciation to God opens access to all he is and all that he can do for you. It's the way that you enter into God's presence. Grateful people. Listen. Grateful people gain access to things that ungrateful people never access in their life. Here's the third thing I want to talk about today is that gratitude sets in motion miracles. Miracles are set in motion by gratitude. Thanksgiving is far more than just a, a practice. Thanksgiving, praise and thanksgiving truly is a spiritual weapon against the adversary. When you and I give thanks to God... It moves heaven and it assaults hell. This principle is seen in many places in the Bible. It's illustrated by one of the key things that God spoke to his people as they were about to enter the promised land and begin to fight the Canaanites. Let's look at Judges chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 and note the principle that's described here. After Joshua's death, the Israelites asked the Lord, who will go first to fight the Canaanites for us? So the question is, we've got to go in and take the land. These Canaanites are there. And who do we send in first? What tribe goes of the 12 tribes? Who's the first one to go in? And the Lord answered in verse number two, Judah's troops will go first. I'm about to hand the Canaanites over to you. You get this? 
God's, uh, at, God has asked the question, who should we send in first? Because we're about to attack these enemies and we've got a battle here and we've got to make sure we've got the right people on the front lines. Who goes first? And God says, you know, the, 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 the tribe that I want to go first is Judah. I want Judah to go first. Now, why did God choose Judah to go first? There are lots of different reasons that we could talk about in Scripture. But I believe that perhaps one of the major reasons has to do with Judah's name. The name Judah is a very significant name. It's actually, it comes from the Hebrew word yada. The Hebrew word yada literally means to extend the arms or the hands in an expression of thanksgiving and praise to God. When you say I'm going to yada, it means I'm going to lift my hands and give thanks to God. And so in essence, when God was sending Judah in first, he was symbolically saying, if you want to win the battles, you need to lead the way with praise and thanksgiving. Get your hands up in worship. Let your mind and mouth be alive with gratitude. So he says, send Yadah, send Judah first. Everything else flows from the, from the spearhead of praise. Everything flows from the spearhead of thanksgiving. If you want to attack the, the forces of the enemy against your life, the dark forces of the adversary against your life, send Judah First, let praise be the thing that paves the way to victory. So Thanksgiving sets miracles in motion. There are lots of di- a lot of uh, additional examples that we look, look for in Scripture. Let me give you a few other examples of these. Uh, they'll be there in your notes, but I'll walk you through them very quickly here. First of all, Thanksgiving and praise delivers us from evil attacks. We just talked about that. Another example of this is found in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 22 through 24. The little tribe of Judah was being attacked by three large armies, and Jehoshaphat found himself in a very dire situation. What was he going to do to win this battle and protect this little nation of Judah? And God very clearly said, here's what you do. You send the praisers out first. And so here, the praisers of God went out first. Judah, if you will, went first. Praise went first. And notice what happens in verse 22 of Second Chronicles chapter 20. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. Those were the enemies who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. How did they win this battle? They won the battle with thanksgiving and praise. In fact, they were told to go out and sing a little song. Against the enemy, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And that won the battle. They sent Judah first. Second of all, it miraculously, thanksgiving and praise, miraculously multiplies resources in your life. See, we're talking about how it paves ways for miracles. When you and I give thanks to God for what we have, there's a a multiplication effect that happens to the very little that we have. A little can become a lot when you have an attitude of, of thanksgiving and praise. One day, Jesus was with a whole group of people, actually 5,000 men, plus the women and children who had gathered with him. He'd been teaching them all day, and now he wanted to feed them. And so he asked his disciples to find some food. And so the disciples go through the crowd, and they find a little boy with five loaves and two fish. And of course, they didn't know what to do. They realized this was not going to be enough to feed everybody with this small amount of groceries. But they, but they went ahead and brought the resource to Jesus. And I want you to notice what Jesus did when this little boy had given his five loaves and two fish. It's just a little bit, but what did Jesus do with it? Notice John 6, verse 11. Jesus then took the loaves. Notice the next two words. He gave what? He gave thanks. 
He's got a little bit, but he's giving thanks for the little bit. And then he distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And of course, we know the story. Everybody ate. Everybody was satisfied. And there were baskets full left over for the disciples. Everybody had enough. Why? Because it was approached. The little was approached with an attitude of gratitude. Jesus took a little bit and it miraculously multiplied into a lot because the attitude and the expression of gratitude was there. The third thing that happens, these miracle dimensions that happen in life when you and I learn to thank God and praise God as we are going through circumstances that it brings resurrection power to dead situations. I would imagine that some of you that are watching today, you have some dead situations in your life and you're wondering, will there ever be life there again? Let me tell you that praise and thanksgiving can bring resurrection to dead situations. Worshiping God in the midst of whatever you're going through, thanking him, even when it seems like you don't have a whole lot to thank him for, when you begin to operate in the realm of thanksgiving and praising God, what happens is life begins to flow into that dead situation. It's a story that happened in John chapter 11. Jesus goes to the tomb of his friend Lazarus and death is all around. Not only does death all around, but decay is all around. Here he's been in the tomb. Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. And so he's already decaying. His body is falling apart by reason of this decay. And so Jesus approaches this, 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 this tomb of Lazarus and everything says death. Everything says there's no hope here. This guy is gone. There's no way to think that anything could be any different. Death is reigning here. But Jesus steps in and notice what happens. I want you to see the interjection of thanksgiving into a dead situation. John 11, verse 40. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? He's speaking to Martha and Mary there, the sisters of Lazarus. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, notice this. What was the very first thing that Jesus said when the stone was rolled away from Lazarus's tomb? Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He offers up thanksgiving to God in the midst of a dead situation. Everything is dead. Everything is decaying. But from the words and the mouth of Jesus and the heart of Jesus and the mind of Jesus comes an expression of thanksgiving. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I'm so grateful that Jesus stepped into death and thanked God and his power was able to be released. And Lazarus came back from the grave, proving, in fact, Jesus' declaration, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And then thanksgiving and praise releases bound people. In life, sometimes you can feel bound up by different things. You can feel limited by different things. Bondages come in different ways. Sometimes the bondages are to habits and patterns in our life. Sometimes the bondages are to circumstances we find ourselves in. We're tied up. Uh, we often use the phrase, I'm between a rock and a hard place. What does that mean? It means you're bound by circumstances. And praise and thanksgiving is, is the right thing to do when you're bound by whatever you might be bound by in life. Paul and Silas found themselves in a very difficult situation. They were in a city called Philippi. They'd been beaten and thrown into the inner dungeon of a jail for preaching the gospel and delivering a young lady from a demon. And so now they're in a very adverse circumstance. And notice what happens here in Acts chapter 16, verses 25 and 26, when they would have been tempted to complain and grumble about what has happened to them. 
They chose a different route. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. So they're praying and they're praising. They were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. There was this moment because Paul and Silas chose to praise God and give thanks in the midst of a very adverse binding situation. Not only were they freed from their bondages, from their slaves, from their, from their chains, but everyone else was freed as well. And then the fifth thing that I'll mention here is this. When you and I give thanksgiving and praise to God, we, it actually brings wholeness to people. It'll bring wholeness to your life. Maybe you remember the story of the 10 lepers who came to Jesus one day and they asked Jesus to heal them. Jesus graciously spoke healing over their life, told them to go back to the priest and so the priest could proclaim them as being healed from their leprosy. They could be invited back into the communion of the community, the fellowship of the community there no longer unclean. And so all these 10 lepers head back toward the priest to find their statement of cleansing. But one of these 10 says, you know, before I go to the priest, I need to go back and I forgot something that I should have done. I should have said thank you to Jesus. I didn't really express my gratitude to him in the way that I should have. And the other nine stayed on their journey, but one, only one out of the, out of the 10 came back and notice what happens. Verse 15 Luke chapter 17, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice, glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him, notice that, giving him, what's the word there? Giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that, that return to give, there are not found that return to give glory to God, say this stranger. And he said to him, to the one that was there, arise, please don't miss this, arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Reading from the King James Version there, thy faith has made thee whole. Here's what I want you to see. What I want you to see is because this one man came back, all 10 were healed, but one was made whole. See, there's a really big difference in being healed and being made whole. You can have a sickness in one part of your body and it can be healed, but you can still be diseased in other areas of your body. But here's this man, he received more than a healing. He found wholeness in his life. And I believe there are a lot of people that are going through life that maybe are getting some healings here and there from Jesus in certain parts of their life, but they haven't entered into the wholeness of what Jesus wants to do in them because they haven't learned to practice this very important principle of thinking and thanking, speaking words of thanksgiving and praise to God. This man, this one out of 10, not only was healed, but he was made whole because he chose to be a person of gratitude. What what does gratitude do for us? Gratitude makes you bigger. It enlarges your life. See, when you give thanks, Jesus says, give, and it will be given to you. It will show you salvation. It will open up larger dimensions of your life. You will stay small as 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 long as you're a complainer or a grumbler. But when you begin to give praise, it enlarges your life. It opens up access to God. You and I have access to our relationship with Jesus, but just because you have access doesn't mean that you use it. And so the way you utilize that access is by thanking and praising God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So when you and I are thanking God, we're actually accessing the resources of God in our life, the presence of God in our life. And that when we give thanks, it also sets miracles in motion. They're all kind of miracles, 
that God will do in your life, not because you're doing the work of gratitude, it's because you have the attitude of gratitude in your life and you're expressing it to God. It opens the way for God to do wonderful things in and through you. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.